I recently attended a conference that had the best and brightest names in the credit card space called CardCon, hosted and founded by my friend Jason Steele here in Denver. These individuals, the guests and attendees, discussed topics related to all things specific to credit cards, ranging from user experience, benefits provided, access to credit, and more. There was a session, though, where an expert was interviewed on stage about the general state of the industry, and me being me, I decided to ask the one question that had been on my mind for a while, just in general, but specific to this space. Are credit card companies going to develop products that exchange only in crypto? Basically, will you be able to have a credit card that you make purchases and so on and so forth with crypto instead of dollars? I actually have a lot of questions related to crypto in general, but that was the specific question that I asked. But for credit card focused audiences, this had to be the question that I asked because I really was um, curious about it. And ultimately, I was really underwhelmed by his answer. There were a couple of reasons why. He was just a little bit condescending towards me in his replies. And it was just really clear that by him making the comparison that crypto was Tulips 2.0, that in general, he wasn't a fan at all of crypto. And it seemed like he actually didn't understand a use case behind it. It was clear in his comments that he just felt like the dollar would always be king. And I kind of thought, well, that's not necessarily the case. This is a young country and things change. And we'll get into that in this conversation. So in this short-ish episode, I'm going to share some thoughts on whether or not I believe cryptocurrency is just another tulip mania bubble waiting to burst in our faces and wallet. By the way, this is an opinion-driven piece. No advice is being given use your discernment. I'm a huge fan and proud affiliate of the cryptocurrency platform Coinbase. What I like about Coinbase is the extensive focus on user education. They provide opportunities for users of the platform to learn about the different cryptocurrencies that you can buy and sell on said platform, and at the same time, earn small starter amounts of crypto during the process. I've already earned almost $50 in crypto through the earnings and learnings opportunities on the platform. In fact, it's my view that crypto curious folks would make much more conservative moves in crypto once they started educating themselves on the Coinbase platform. I really respect the complexity of cryptocurrency and appreciate the opportunity to learn more one video at a time. Please do note that I am an affiliate and may earn a small amount of affiliate income based on the actions you take on my website. tulips in the 1600s and created what was the first documented market bubble. Basically, folks went nuts for the beauty of tulips and their price rose exponentially. Eventually, the price dropped significantly and a huge number of people went flat broke. Basically, people were addicted to the money and the idea that they could get rich off of tulips. Here's the thing. Prior to 1636-1637, when that actual collapse happened, what else was there to do than get excited about the beauty of tulips during a really hard time to be alive in history? Most people were toiling in the fields and likely had lice. 
it's almost 2022 at the time of this episode, and it's my view that cryptocurrency is not Tulips 2.0, but that there are headwinds to be mindful of if you're excited about this alternative to fiat currency. And for those of you who are like, what in the hell is fiat currency? Like, I've never heard that phrase before. Those are the currencies that you know and love, such as US dollars, Canadian loonies, South African rands and British pounds. I'm just gonna be blunt, tulips are flowers and the only practical need that they met in the 1600s was the human need for beauty, which makes sense because I would imagine there were limited options for experiencing beauty in many of those folks' daily lives. Also, tulips were a vanity product for the wealthy who were able to purchase those bulbs. Crypto is a little more nuanced. Many of the legitimate coins being developed have an actual specific use case. One of my favorites that I also discovered my friend Eric from Personal Profitability likes as well is the Stellar Lumens. The Stellar Lumens facilitates exchanges similar to Western Union with a really big difference. They're cheaper and faster and accessible to anyone with a phone. Instead of having your grandma go to the local grocery store and pay a ridiculous amount of money to send you money, your grandma could just open up their phone, click a couple of buttons, and then send it to you right away wherever you are in the world. Legitimate cryptocurrencies typically have a use case or problem that they are trying to solve. That problem could range from dealing with inflation and the impact on your dollar, loony or rand, or it could be solving a problem such as how to help unbanked folks get banked or have access to ways to transact. And for those folks, if you just have a cell phone, you can do what you need to do. That said, there are a lot of tulip scenarios in crypto. Those could include not understanding how crypto works, what the point of it all is, and not educating yourself on what it's all about. That education includes understanding the terminology, reading white papers, knowing that there are white papers written about each coin and what in the hell is a white paper, understanding terms such as staking, wallets, blockchain, and more. It's being candid, quite frankly, about all of the things you do not know or understand. This is the beginning stages. There should be a lot of things that you do not know or understand. Trying to game the market and make a quick win in a ridiculously volatile space. This signals to me a huge lack of respect for the amount of risk that being in the crypto market exposes you to. Shit coins. The fact that they're called shit coins should be a clue. Ew. Being way too aggressive about your investments in the market and not paying attention to the fact that a large percentage of investors invest less than 5% of their entire holdings in cryptocurrency and go by a philosophy of holdl or hold. They are looking at this from a long-term play, sort of like podcasting or blogging. There's a lot of work up front with no guarantee or idea of what that final result will be. It's my view that we're basically comparing apples to oranges, but that many people in their enthusiasm for crypto and wanting to be part of something new are exposing themselves to very real and significant losses of money due to ignorance and hubris. Why have I begun to record so much content on crypto then? Because I'm really concerned about two things. I'm concerned that black and brown folks will either refuse to even touch this because they don't understand it or be way too bullish and lose their money without understanding the risks because they'll be too aggressive. I'm hoping for something in the middle.
In a recent poll, NORC at the University of Chicago, it was found that 44% of investors in crypto are actually people of color. And there was another poll that came out recently within the last couple of weeks of November 2021 that stated that African Americans were actually far outpacing other communities as investors in crypto. So I thought I would share the lens through which I view the rise and development of cryptocurrency, the Fresno drop. What is that? It happened in 1958 when Bank of America sent out 60,000 credit cards to unsuspecting folks in Fresno, California. It was the first time that credit cards as we know them were sent in mass to a community. The Bank of America then had to educate its new consumer base, customer base, what in the hell is a credit card and how to use it? It's now almost 2022, it's 64 years later, and credit cards are in the wallets of billions of users across the world. Why do I share this? We're just 12 years into cryptocurrency. And to be candid, in 20 years from now, we'll still be in the infancy of this mode of currency. While it's better to be an early adopter now, maybe it's better just to be focused on educating yourself on what in the hell crypto is. Because quite frankly, 20 years from now, you're still going to be an early adopter. So in order to educate yourself and just kind of learn what it is, I have some suggestions. Join crypto communities that speak to you. For me, these spaces are specific to being a woman or a woman of color. So I like to consume content that is focused on those two communities. There are nuances that I appreciate in those communities. And so I am in closed Facebook groups on Twitter. In fact, crypto Twitter is very active and super enthusiastic. Side eye everything. Seriously, use some discernment. As I mentioned in a previous podcast episode that I recorded called, I'm not a financial expert. A lot of other people aren't either specific to cryptocurrency. I bring this up to say that again, even 20 years from now, we'll still be in the infancy of this space. You don't have to start investing now, but I would recommend that you start educating yourself on this now. Don't invest what you cannot lose. This is just common sense. I've made a vow to only invest my coffee money. If I buy a coffee, I can invest the equivalent into crypto. Thoughtfully stack your earnings so you're investing less out of your own earned cash. And what this means is there are some opportunities starting to pop up where you can get rewards and that kind of thing. So I'm currently on the Coinbase waitlist for their debit card. Super excited about this. I will be able to earn up to 4% back in crypto reward. And you can either spend US dollars or crypto on that card. And it's a debit card. I will not have tons of money on it necessarily, but I will use it often enough so that I can earn money back in crypto. So that's my coffee account. Who knows what the future holds? All I know is that after a lifetime of watching and reading sci-fi and dystopian fiction, art imitates life. Don't believe me? Here are some examples. We're growing meat, similar to what happens in some of my favorite Star Trek episodes. Cell phones. Anything with cell phones, just watch Star Trek. Facebook portal. There's a cartoon from back in the day, The Jetsons. And in The Jetsons, they use what is now the Facebook portal to talk to one another. The metaverse. That's a whole thing. Tonal. I am so obsessed with Tonal. It's an interactive exercise mirror. Who would have thunk it? All things happening in Sweden. 
and their current cashless society. People don't realize that there are countries now that really aren't transacting in physical cash anymore. Traditional banking and the system as it is now doesn't serve everyone. That's why people are trying to solve these problems. If you live in a community that has never had a banking branch, you're more likely to want to embrace something that actually embraces you and your reality and makes it easy for you to be a part of the system. You better believe that companies such as Western Union, Colorado local company, have people on staff tasked with figuring out how to solve problems that crypto is trying to solve within their existing business ecosystem, but they are at a uh, disadvantage because they have an existing ecosystem that might slow down progress around this. So it could be that you have people on the board who are like, we don't want you to touch this. We don't understand it. You might also have people on the board of companies like that who are investing quietly in crypto, but still will push back on any changes within the business because they might be wary of how these changes might impact returns in the long run. My final question to you is this. Do you think crypto is Tulip Mania 2.0? Why or why not? I'd love to hear your thoughts. 